0: How many of you have found yourself running late for an important meeting because you couldn't find that one thing you needed before you head out the door? What if I could tell you that in just 10 minutes a day, you could take your home from chaos to calm because clutter really is nothing more than postponed decisions? I've created a challenge to help you get ready to ditch your clutter and simplify your life. Want to hear a secret? You actually have the power to create more peace and calm in your home, and you can have it in less than 10 minutes a day. Join the Chaos to Calm Challenge so you can organize your space and create more peace in your home and focus less on stuff and more on the people you love the most. I want you to be able to effortlessly live clutter-free in your own home. This challenge will teach you the proven systems to get a clean and clutter-free in 10 minutes or less because we're all busy. How to create more peace and calm in your home and how to focus on what and who you love with an organized space. To join the challenge, just go to barbijoe.com forward slash challenge. Hi, this is Barbie Joe and you are listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. This is a show for busy moms and families where we talk about household order and function. We'll discuss tricks of the trade and systems to improve family life and managing a household. Hello everyone, Barbie Joe here and welcome to another episode of Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Today we've got Tatiana Knight with us again and she is here to speak with us about Sentimental items. We all know that we have those sentimental pieces that are hard to let go of. So we're going to talk about that today. Tatiana Knight is a board certified professional organizer and a founder, the founder of Neat with Knight LLC, based in Miami, Florida. The company's goal is to simplify clients' daily lives by improving the spaces in which they work and live. Neat with Knight specializes in home organizing. The majority of their clients are busy parents and working professionals who understand the need to be well-organized, but lack the time, energy, or resources to do it alone. Tatiana started working with clients back in 2007 after first learning about organizing on TV. Her most notable accomplishments include appearing on a Hoarders, Lifetime's Designing Spaces, and publishing a monthly organizing newspaper column. Knight is a Golden Circle member of NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals, and she serves as the Florida Chapter President for two years and currently sits on the board as an advisor. She's also a member of NAPO Virtual Chapter and the National Conference Committee of 2022. So welcome back to the show, Tatiana. I am so happy to have you here to talk to us about this particular subject.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's always exciting when we can talk about organizing and hopefully help your listeners to deal with some of these challenging topics, such as the sentimental items.
0: Okay, so let's dive right in because I have to tell you, I was just working on a client's garage last weekend, and we uncovered a box in which were a tiny pair of shorts. And he pulled up these shorts and his client said, These were my shorts when I was 10 years old that I was wearing when I was in a car accident. And I was like, okay, wow, we all have different reasons for holding on to things. And at times it can get to a point where we just don't know how to manage those sentimental items. So let's start with the kids. The kids always are coming home with those art projects, report cards cards, greeting cards, whatever it is. So how do you typically deal with clients that have those type of sentimental items? Well, I do want to
1: preface this by saying that I'm not yet a parent, but that's our focus for 2021. But I feel like I have a lot to share just because I've been organizing with kids since 07. And I've been working with families and kids in another capacity since about 18 years ago. So although I'm sure you can weigh in um, from the mom's side, hopefully the things I'm saying from kind of like an outside perspective would help your listeners. So for today, my tips on organizing your kids' sentimental items are to one, collect, two,
0: select, and three, contain. Love it. It's simple, it's sweet, and it's something everybody can do. So now let's dive in a little deeper. Let's, let's start with the collecting. Okay, so as
1: professional organizers, I know that you understand that we find stuff everywhere. And, you know, some of the mentors that I've learned from, their big point is, of course, it's important and it's special, but let's treat it with some respect. So when we find special pictures or items like you mentioned, and it's just kind of thrown around in the middle of all kinds of other stuff, that's where it's really important for the client to collect all those things together. Because I like for them to see from moment one, just how much stuff they're saving for sentimental reasons, because it's typically more than they would ever even realize. So like there's times where you might open the junk drawer in the kitchen and there are the pictures and there's the report card or you're organizing the parent's mail. And again, you're finding like their latest art project or even funnier, an art project they did like five years ago. So whenever we're organizing, I always push kind of papers as the last piece of the project, but we set it aside so that the parents can look through it later. Because I find that it's really hard for a parent to look at one piece of paper and decide whether it's important or not. But when you put 20 pieces of paper in front of them, it's a lot easier for them to decide which art is special and which art can go. And, you know, same for schoolwork or maybe greeting cards. So when people find items, they'll say to me, oh, I want to save this. I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, well, you don't have to apologize. I understand that things are important, but let's set it aside and let's get back to that at another time. Because typically things like that really are like an emotional decision And it's a lot harder to decide on that versus your kids' clothes or toys or things that they're using on a regular basis, from my experience.
0: Yes, 100%. I made it a rule in my house that my kids could display whatever art they brought home on the fridge for a week. And then they got to decide if it was something they wanted to hold on to and save or if it was something that we could say goodbye to. But that way, their hard work was showcased in a place that everybody could see it and appreciate it for a certain amount of time.
1: I love that. And I think it's really important for the kids to feel that the things that they did are special to the family and that it's not just garbage when you come home. And that's kind of how it may feel if it gets you know, shoved into the junk pile of mail on the kitchen counter or just in the bottom of the closet, you know, things like that. Like sometimes we find book bags that were never emptied out from other years. And so that's not showing, you know, a care or respect for that. But I love the fact that you said that your kids decide because that's the true sign of kids who are like very grown up about those kind of decisions, because not all kids understand that you don't need everything and that just because it's yours doesn't mean you have to keep it. So the best joy for me is when I actually work with clients, kids that can make those decisions and understand that okay, this drawing I did is is not that good or not that important. And this that I did, I worked so hard on it and I really love it. And I'd like to save this for the future.
0: Okay. So jump in and tell us how you have your clients sort through and how they determine.
1: So I'd say the most important step is to select, but it's also the most challenging. So as I mentioned, sometimes parents are apologetic that they want to save something, which is really weird for me because I'm a sentimental person as well. I mean, I remember having a memory box and photo albums and scrapbooks from early childhood just because, um, I feel like I'm a very visual person. So when I have actual things to look at, it jogs my memory. And that's still kind of the way that I am now. If I don't have a photo, I might not remember what happened. You know, I don't remember yesterday. <laughs> So it's really important for parents to decide when they're getting to a point where every single thing that your kid ever did, had, wore, used, play with is important. That's when there's going to be a conversation because you're going to run out of space very quickly if you haven't already. And especially in a family like yours, if you weren't decluttering throughout the years, I mean, your house, I'm sure, would have been a disaster zone at this point. So whether it's a small family or a big family, you may have small amount of storage, you may have a lot. But I think that you know, just as I do, that when clients call, they're overwhelmed, but that could mean a different thing for everybody. Some people are overwhelmed with the minimal amount of stuff and then other people have enough stuff for five families and aren't as overwhelmed as you would imagine. So anyways, the reason to select is to make an actual decision. And I know you've mentioned it before on your podcast that clutter is a result of delayed decisions because it's a lot easier to get something and set it aside than to actually make a decision about what this means in your life and where it's going to go. So I talked with parents about that and it's kind of easier to set guidelines. So maybe for that school year, you'll pick like the five most special things that the kids did, or maybe a few pieces of art and a few like, you know, report cards or grades that they got back from the teachers. Um, People tend to save all of the greeting cards and birthday cards, at least for a certain amount of time. But we always get to a point in the future where the parents are not going to look at the cards and the kids are not going to look at the cards and it's just kind of wasting space. So at that point, I just recommend that they look through and save the most special ones with handwritten messages or maybe somebody you love who's no longer with us, something like that. And the funny part is that sometimes they still find gift cards or checks or cash that were given as a gift a long time ago and they just completely forgot. So that's kind of um, an exciting thing when you find little gifts that were hidden in your clutter.
0: Yes, yes. It's like Christmas morning. I tell you, it was so funny because we were doing this garage last weekend and it was like legit Christmas morning. These kids were discovering all their old toys and clothes and even the husband and wife were like, oh, wow, look at this. Oh, that's where that went. You know, it it was like a treasure hunt. It truly was.
1: I totally agree. And it's so fun being, you know, the leader of that and helping them find those kind of things because they do get really excited. I mean, other times we've helped them found, you know, an important tax paper or a passport, which is exciting too, but it's way more special when it's something that's important to you personally. So as I was saying, I'm not a fan of throwing everything away. And I think, you know, that sometimes people are worried when they call us because they think that, Professional organizer equals trash person, which of course is crazy. You don't have to pay us to go through and throw everything you have away, you know? So we're selecting everything that's important along with the client. And again, I can't tell them what's important. I can just try to help them understand what is important. And so we've gotten into challenging situations where the parents are saving every single outfit their baby ever wore. And that's going to become a problem because you're running out of space But also because somebody could be benefiting from those clothes, whether it's somebody in your family or your friends or a local mom's group or, you know, a donation place or even if you resell it, there's a huge market for that. I'm sure, you know. So at one point, it's not only good for you to get things out of there, but it's good for other people. And that's a big point that resonates not only with the clients, but a lot of times with their kids. If they know that we have 35 stuffed animals and maybe 10 of these would benefit other kids without any toys, there's a good chance that those kids are going to be willing to give some away, depending again on the way that they look at their things and kind of how mature they are, because certain kids are going to freak out no matter what. And at that point, the parents need to make the decisions while the kids are not there.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And I've had to get really creative in offering different solutions for keeping things that maybe they don't want to get rid of, but they absolutely don't have the space to keep. So maybe you've come across this too, but I've had to you know, say, well, why don't we take a picture of it? Or why don't you write down the memory you have of this and keep it in your journal safe and sound? Or, you know, let's let's store this digitally. I mean, we have to kind of get a little creative if it's getting to the point where they're not letting go of anything and they don't have the capacity to store everything.
1: I totally agree. And that's why technology is amazing because I have a client with three kids and they're really prolific artists. So they had all kinds of things at their house and they even have a craft room. And they make all these clay objects that are completely falling apart. So a few months ago, she bought one of those light boxes, the cube, where you put all the little pieces in. And then we took professional photos. And she just said to the kids, this is your photo book. We're going to save this forever. And these things of clay that are falling apart are now garbage. And the kids all understood. I mean, the pictures are so much nicer and they don't take up any space. So she's making one of those photo books online and they could save that forever if they want to.
0: I think that's such a great solution, especially in this day and age where there are so many great options. Okay, now let's dive into containing. How do you advise your clients to contain those sentimental items that they're not going to get to on a regular basis?
1: I try to start really simple. And just have one specific place where it's going to go, because not only are we putting all the memories that you have right now, but there's going to be stuff coming in from school and other places all the time. So I start really simple and say, okay, let's get a plastic box with a lid that closes really tightly. And let's try to put that up in their closet or somewhere out of the way, Um, maybe in the garage, especially if it's air conditioned or if the box is one with a tight lid. So We want it somewhere that you can access it when there's stuff, but not that it's in the way, like you mentioned, because everybody has their own stuff that they need all the time. And we want to use a space that's a little out of the way, like the top of a closet. Um, Sometimes we go really basic with that plastic box and it's see-through, which is good. And you can add a label on there for which child and what year. And, you know, some parents are going to save stuff from every year Um, and have it labeled and categorized. Other times you just dump it in there and the box is for Sadie and you keep Sadie's box and just add to it throughout their life. The cool thing about that is that once you start setting up a certain size and you decide this is what I want to give up in terms of storage space for my child's memorabilia, once that box is packed, it's a good Reminder that you might want to go through and maybe filter out the things that now don't seem quite as important, or you're going to at least have to take the step to buy a new box and set that one aside, label it with what it has, and then start fresh on a new one. So, something important to keep in mind is your reasoning for doing this. When parents think that their kids are going to want everything and that they're going to turn 18 and you're just going to hand them 17 boxes of their stuff, in the experiences that I've had, when parents have a cluttered house, the kids are the ones calling me or hiring me and they're just like, my mom or dad think I want this, but I don't. I don't need my school um, you know, yearbook from 35 years ago. I don't need the notes that I wrote when I was 12. I certainly don't need my desk that's made out of rattan that is completely useless in the garage. So, I mean, I'm not saying that items are important, but especially the younger generations are way less sentimental typically. So when parents, especially like in the baby boomer generation, are saving everything for their kids, you're going to find out in the future that you were really saving it for yourself or for no reason. And that's why I try to talk to parents about setting boundaries with the boxes. Because if you just start putting things aside and making a bigger, 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 bigger pile, you're not really solving the clutter situation. And the important part of saving anything is just to understand how much space you're giving up from your daily living space to store things either for 18 years or forever. Because sometimes the parents just say, I don't care if my daughter or son wants this, I'm going to save it forever. And if it's certain things, of course, they're going to save it. But if it's like 35 stuffed animals that you personally can't bring yourself to get rid of, and it's gotten to a point where they're so old that you can't even donate You really want to rethink that because that's your life. That's your house. That could be your guest room. That could be your craft room, especially if your kids are grown up and moved away. Say goodbye to some of that stuff because you're not saying goodbye to your child or the memories. You're just saying goodbye to the things. But if you need a thing to remember every memory, that kind of is a different thing you want to think about. Not every single thing leads back to a special memory. And what you said about the client finding the shorts in his garage that reminded him of the car accident, that to me, I'm like mind blown because who wants to remember a car accident? I mean, so vividly that you know what you were wearing and you saved the outfit. I mean, that sounds traumatic. Um, I would really want them to not have that, (laughs) but I don't know the story behind it, you know? But that must have been a tough one when they brought that out. I mean, how did you react?
0: (laughs) Oh, it's part of the job now where you have to learn how to kind of control your reactions. And, you know, you see things that are unexpected, kind of like that. And I just said, oh, wow. I I mean, what more could I say? It was obviously something that they wanted to hold on to. So I wasn't going to discourage them from not. And I didn't want to, you know, dive deeper into any... Trauma there, but I okay, all right, great. You've got your sentimental box if it fits in there, perfect, and we move on. But yes, there are so many uh, unexpected things as a professional organizer that you will uncover, and we don't hold any judgment, and we don't, you know, we we take pride in the way we we compose ourselves and we keep, you know, that. Confidentiality with our clients so they don't feel judged or uncomfortable. But yes, we do come across some very interesting situations that we have to compose ourselves and just say, okay, all right, let's move forward. If you're good, I'm good. Let's do this. But I will say, I remember coming across a few rooms where the door was closed the day their child left for college and the room wasn't touched again. Everything was in its original condition, the bedding, the photos on the wall, the things in the closet, the things in the drawers, and over time collected just dust. But the room was like a shrine. Nobody used it. Nobody went into it. It was just kind of an untouchable museum of their child's life. And to me, that's kind of um, sad that's not moving forward with your life and not living fully in your space, in your environment, and really utilizing what you could. Um, so for me, that was an interesting situation where I wanted to kind of encourage them to you know, move forward with their life. Like, hey, didn't you want to start up that business or that hobby, you could turn this room into a space where you can create those things and do those things or host and have more family come and stay with you, you know, that sort of thing. So yes, definitely being in this position, we have to kind of be cheerleaders and coaches to persuade them what might be best for their future.
1: I totally agree. And that actually reminds me of a few situations because I know that depending on how old your kids are, it's a different story. If they go away to college, of course you want them to feel comfortable when they come back home. But I agree that it doesn't need to stay exactly the way that it did when they were in high school because they're grown up. And what I say to parents is if this was important to your son or daughter, they would have taken it with them to college. So a lot of times we'll just snap some photos and say, you know, do you want to save this? Is this important? Um, will you be using this when you get back, or should we be holding this when you return home or when you move out after college? Because a lot of times, like I've said, it really wasn't that important. That's why they left it behind. And once somebody asked, they were more than willing to get rid of it. So that's one thing. Um, once your kids are out of college and maybe they're grown adults and they have their own house, whether it's in this city or another city, I think it's another deal because sometimes, Kids take advantage and they just use their parents' homes as free storage. And then the parents either don't mind or feel bad saying anything. So even like in the case that you mentioned where they want to have a craft room, sometimes they wish they could have it, but they don't know what to say to their kids. So in the end, it just ends up being the facility where the kids happen to leave their stuff. And the older those kids are, the harder I am on them and their parents. Because again, I say they have their own house. If they cared about this at all, they need to get it to their own house and add it into their life and their space because what are you doing holding on to this? If you don't need it, you don't want it. So I guess it depends on the kid's age group, but a lot of my clients, I like to help the kids pack for college and organize their room because that's just like a few hours you could take to help make sure that they have everything they need and also kind of run through what they're leaving behind because it makes sense to have, you know, your summer outfits here if you're moving somewhere cold or vice versa or just a few comfortable pajamas. But if you're leaving a full closet of stuff, there's way too many things in your wardrobe. And, you know, you need to reassess and also think of your parents, you know? It's not fair to them to have so many things left over because of course they love you so much they're not gonna get rid of it. But um, I just kinda like to make people feel a little
0: bit bad so that they realize (laughs) what the reality of the situation is. Uh, little tough love. Sometimes we need it. <laughs> but sometimes I will admit I'm a little too rushed to get things straight into the garbage can. And I've noticed that on occasion, my kids will empty out their backpack right over the garbage can. And I, I'll see you know projects going into the garbage and I'm like, hey, it's okay. We can keep these things. You don't have to get rid of them. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so... There's always two sides to every coin,
1: right? That's so cute because they've learned about being organized and they're probably like, my mom wants me to throw this away. <laughs> Which, yeah, of course we don't unless it actually is garbage. But that's awesome that they also empty out their backpacks. That's Not every kid does that, as you know. <laughs> so I'm sure you've taught them so well. And I worry about that too. I'm like, are my kids going to think that we're not allowed to have anything? But, you know, hopefully I'll teach them that, Yes, yeah, some things matter, some things don't. So that's kind of our plan. But yeah, as the pro organizer, my favorite word is okay. Because like you said, no judgments and I'm coming into your home, your space, your life. And all I can say is okay and make sure that you are fine with your decision. Because like you said, every now and then parents are like, throw it away, throw it away. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. I want this. And I have to stop them and say, okay, wait, 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 wait because this is never going to come back from the trash and this is never going to come back from the donation place. Are you sure? And then that's the way I know that they made the right decision and that at least they can't turn back and blame me. Cause of course you want to consider that too. Um, people have called me before and said, another organizer made me throw this away or maybe throw that away. And you don't know if it's true, but of course you hope that it's not because that's, you know, a sad part of decluttering could be accidental trashing of items. But Typically, that's not the case for my clients. I have a feeling it's not for yours because we're taking the time and effort to go through things. And um, when people are collecting, selecting, containing for themselves or along with pro organizers, that's a time consuming process. But that also gives you time to go through things and decide what's important versus just grabbing a stack of stuff, trashing it or shoving it in the back of a closet and calling it a
0: day. Right. Oh my goodness. That reminds me of a time I had a client. She was 103 and she was the cutest lady ever. She was driving, still driving a little Maserati convertible. She would still get up and exercise every day. She was living on her own. She didn't need glasses. I mean, this woman was in phenomenal shape and she hired me to come help her with her garage. And she had held on to every last item of every one of her children over the years. And her husband, who had passed, you know, 50 years earlier, she held on to everything. And so as we were sorting through her things, I noticed a huge collection of Walmart bags, you know, just the plastic grocery bags and the Tupperwares, like the empty sour cream containers and I just assumed naturally, you know, this is the trash. We'll sort this out, put this in the trash pile. And oh, I got reprimanded. She did not want to throw away any of those items. (laughs) So you have to be very careful when you're assuming things. And that open communication with your clients is key because, you know, she came from a totally different generation where it was important. It was vital to hold on to those things. So We had to make her feel safe and comfortable in her environment with her things. So we just had to work around it. And okay, you want to hold on to these things? We will figure out a way to make it work. (laughs) First of all, that is so cute that she's 103 and she's that
1: healthy and happy and, you know, mentally well. That is amazing. What a blessing that any of us could hope for. I mean, that's as good as it gets. But I understand working with clients that have saved everything. And I guess my main point would be those people end up leaving behind a home and possibly storage units filled with stuff. And if they don't make a decision when they downsize or sell that home or move to a assisted living facility, the people left behind you are going to have to do it for you. And I have a lot of sad stories about people who passed away and it was a huge burden on their family to deal with that because it's also upsetting. Somebody you love just died and then now you have to go in and make a whole decision about everything they've ever owned. And then in other cases, I've had clients say, okay, I've been saving everything for the past 55 years and my kids are grown And now it's time for me to look through everything before I pass away or become incapacitated because I know they're going to get left with this and I don't want that to happen. So a lot of my senior clients who were not about decluttering in the past are about it now because they realize this this is a big problem for the people who love you. And it's bad enough when you're gone or when you need to be taken care of or you have health problems or, or mental health. So luckily people are kind of getting on the bandwagon with the importance of decluttering and maybe it did take 55 years for them to actually realize that they didn't need that. But the fact that they get to that point, I think is really special because sadly we've had people pass away and then you go in the house and they were hoarders and it's just so much extra stress for the people who love them that it's a tough situation that
0: you really want to try to avoid I'm so glad you brought that up because I think it is very important to consider that I've seen family members have to fly in from various, you know, cities and states and have to try to coordinate work schedules and rearrange their life to go through that parents home or garage or storage unit because it wasn't handled before they passed away. So I think that's a huge component of all of this that, I mean, ultimately, when you get rid of your clutter, you're doing an act of service to those you love. It's a selfless act of service because you're not leaving a burden on those you're leaving behind. So I think that is so important and I'm glad you brought that up. I really
1: agree. And it, brings back memories from my life. And that's why I really empathize with my clients because when my grandfather got sick and he had to move in with us, my family and I went to his house and we went through everything and we brought what he needed and we saved what different family members would like and we donated other things. And it was a pretty quick process because grandpa was coming to live with the family and what did he need? Versus when my grandmother passed away, she didn't have a crazy amount of stuff, but going through it was heart-wrenching. And it was me, my mom, and her two sisters. And we had to do repeated appointments, not because it was so much stuff, but just because it was so upsetting. Because when it's somebody you love, even if it was the nicest shirt just from a normal department store, you almost feel like so bad getting rid of it. But if your mom's not going to wear it, or your aunts, or you, I mean, what are you going to do? So that's the first time I realized how hard organizing can be when somebody's gone because you really do feel torn getting rid of anything. Um, And it's hard to decide, you know, where do these family heirlooms go and what's happening with this? And that's another thing for people to think about. If you leave a will or just even written instructions as to what you would like people to have, that would eliminate so many family fights that I've heard about in my past that I'm sure that's a whole different topic. But any advanced planning when it comes to your stuff and what's happening with it is so helpful for the people that are left behind when you're gone.
0: Yes, that is another subject for another day, but so relevant and important to talk about. Um, thank you so much for being with us again today. I think the takeaways here is you know that every parent needs to assess periodically and involve your kids in the process. And let them make those decisions with you and be able to learn how to decide what stays and what goes and how to properly store those things. And so they're learning, you know, what the priorities are in life. So thank you again. And tell us one more time how we can find you. Thank you so much for having me. This is always so much fun talking about this. Um, I'm
1: all over the place under Neat with Night, which is N E A T W I T H. K N I G H T. We post our most um, updated and fun things on Instagram, and then of course we have the website, and everything is under Neat with Night. So we'd love to be in touch with people who are listening or who are also pro organizers. Anybody who has something that they want to add or comment on, I would love to hear from you at Neat with
0: Night on Instagram. Awesome! Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Don't forget to check out my website at barbiejoe.com. And if you liked this episode, you've got to subscribe. I'd love to have you join me. Bye for now.